but my audience is buying my merch, my family is buying my merch, my friends are buying my merch, people who don't want my merch is buying my merch. <laughs> Squeegeening Podcast Season 2. This podcast is sponsored by Blind Maggot, Magna Colors, M&R, Target Transfers, and Adobe Creative Suite. Hi, everyone. My name is Alan Wade from A-Dub Productions. I'm so honored to be on your podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Um, what do you want to know? A little bit about myself? Yeah, that is. I feel like you've got like, this really rich history. But yeah, maybe just like how you got into garment decoration and what you did before, because that was really interesting. So. Okay, so yeah, before <laughs> I worked 20-something years for Amtrak, National Railroad Passenger Corporation. and I'm also a disabled Navy veteran, um, and I started my garment decorating journey. It was actually an accident because my mother asked me to get some shirts made for um, her brother, and he had ships. So she asked me to get some shirts made from somebody, and I knew that there was this uh, device called a Silhouette Cameo. So I asked her if we could like go half on the machine. So we bought one off Amazon, and I had previously purchased a heat press already that was in my garage hanging up on a shelf because I knew I wanted to make t-shirts yeah okay so let me back up a little bit so I, I prior to that I did I, I did music I sang yeah. R&B and um and I wanted a way to for my my audience to connect with me more so I started making music videos and then I want to generate some more revenue from my music so I knew that you know, I see people selling merchandise. So let me make some t-shirts. So I bought a heat press from, um, from eBay, eBay. I bought a heat press and a hat press set. I don't think it was like 350 bucks, maybe at the time. It's cheap, cheap heat press. I worked it after I got it and I put it in my, in my garage, hung it up. So it was probably on a garage for like two to three years in the garage. And then my mom asked me to make the shirts. We got the silhouette cameo. It came with no instructions at all. Um, so I got into figuring it out, watching videos and figuring it out. And the questions that I had about it that wasn't answered online, I made some videos yeah. on it so that so that I can help other people. And um, those questions, th that video got more questions and I started making videos, more videos to answer that question. But prior to, I was already making YouTube videos because I was yeah. already posting how-to videos and music videos and all types of silly stuff and cinematic stuff and B-roll footage. There's all types of stuff on my channel, but um, that's how my garment decorating journey started. Then I started selling t-shirts every now and then, and like, uh, you know, tried to expand yeah. with other machines and yeah. So that's it just how it grows, doesn't it? It just goes like snowballs. And then where, like how many machines have you got in the background now? Like, um, so we have a Rakoma MT-1501. That's a single-head embroidery machine. We have a Rakoma MT-1502, a two-head embroidery machine. We have a Rakoma MT-2002-8S. That's another two-head machine. And we have machines all over this yeah, room right here. If we scoot down, <laughs> I'm scooting you guys around. We have a Rakoma EM-1010, a single-needle machine. We have a post-bed sewing machine. We have another uh, lock stitch machine. We have the area where I make my videos right here. We got a white toner transfer printer right here. We got a DTG machine next to it. We got a bunch of machines yeah, in here. So yeah. yeah, just trying to give myself an opportunity to say never say no to a client. We also have some screen printing equipment yes. back here. And why, why, don't, I, why don't we do That's this? What I'm, I'm excited yeah. to, to see how you're getting on with that bit. You're floating. Okay, so with screen printing, my biggest challenge that I'm facing right now is learning the art of separations. Uh, I bought, I have Illustrator, I have the Photoshop, and I actually purchased Corel Draw so I can because um, I go to conventions a lot, mm. and the Corel Draw booth they always have little plugins with Illustrator to yeah. simplify uh, color separations. But um, yeah, I don't quite have a grasp on it yet. So I'm just doing single colors, single colors on my, on my uh, Riley, Riley Hopkins uh, uh, 250. It says at the bottom right, right there. Yeah. So, and I'm, I'm currently burning my screens. It's the best solution that I found. Um, it's been around for a while, 
Uh, I know people have heard about it, and there's all types of ways to burn They've screens. They've got now. so many opinions on that machine that I want to right. So many talk opinions about. on this machine. It's it like Marmite, yeah. <laughs> so, so I look at it like this, right? With technology and garment decorating, it's like every time in every industry, whenever something new comes out, it's always rejected, right? You know, people had opinions about electric cars, right, most recently. And and now kind of everybody's getting into it. So it's like years ago, guess what? If we knew Amazon was going to be what it was today, we would all bought stock, right? We'd all mm -hmm. bought stock. We'd all backed it up. They started selling books. And the bookstores were like, ah, whatever. And now you're lucky if you can find a bookstore anywhere, right? So it's like this is kind of like the same thing. It's like how do we – these industries, it's very, very interesting and in, exciting times in garment decorating industries and with with every technology whether you're dtg dtf is big right now whether you're screen printing it's it's interesting for everybody because all these new technologies are coming out and this even though it's been out for a while um you know it's still people are skeptical about it because yeah. not that many people are using it but i found that i it's it's it takes all these different pieces of equipment and puts it in one. So it works for me. Like, yeah. I don't have to have a dark room. I don't have to go get screen stretched. I can stretch my own screen right here with just, with just uh, you know, some household power tools. Um, and it, no emulsion, no nothing, no chemicals. It's just burn a screen, put it up on the, and it works for me. Right. So, yeah. you know, I'm, I respect screen printing. It's it's very, and I, I say this in all my videos, screen printers are to be respected at all times because <laughs> it's it's really, it's it, a, lot goes, <laughs> a lot goes into screen printing and I've seen the work that goes into it, but, and, 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 you know, it's a way to pump out a lot of volume, move a lot of volume, right? But, you know, a certain amount of space and a certain amount of tidiness is, is involved with it. It can be really, really messy. So uh, it's, it's a lot. I respect screen printers a, a lot, a great deal. Yeah. So, yeah. So if people are just listening and they can't see what you're talking about there, you've got, is it the my screen or what was it called? The GoCo so Pro? So this or? one, I have a my screen, but this one is called the GoCo Pro QS200. And it's an actual, it's actually a thermal printer. So it takes a screen, right? So this is a screen that I stretched with screws on the side, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know if you guys see the screws on yeah. the side. And I just lay my screen on top of the machine right here. And I connect my computer to it via USB mm -hmm. to the back via USB. And whatever image I have on my screen, whatever, like if, if I'm doing separations, off, obviously I'll have like three or four screens and whatever image I have, the, the this machine right here will just burn the screen for me. So yeah. it's like done. And yeah. it's so fast. If you're doing a one color job, if you're doing a two color job, there's no way in the world and respectfully screen printers, please forgive <laughs> me, but there's no way in the world. I don't care well, I, I don't know because I don't have that much experience, but watching traditional screen printing where you have to coat the screen, let it dry, right? Burn the screen, right? Wash it out, dry it. Dry, yeah. That's a long setup. And that mm -hmm. involves a lot of different equipment. So it involves a washout booth. And when you got a washout booth, you have to, you know, dispose of your chemicals properly or, you, you know, or you're doing a disservice to the environment, right? And you can get in trouble from what I gather. But this eliminates all of that. So like I'm when I was looking for a solution, I'm researching all these different pieces and I'm like, all in Why one. Why is no one doing this one? Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Why is no one doing this one? Because, you know, people people like to do what they like to do. And, you know, I don't, you know, do, do whatever makes you happy. As long as at the end of the day, um, I want people to know that, like, as long as you're doing what you love to do and you're doing it in a way that you enjoy doing it. Because part of garment decorating, whether you're um, doing it for a living or doing it because you love it and you're trying to transition into making a full-time income with it, I believe if you really, really enjoy doing it, that's what matters the most. Because mm. if you enjoy doing it, you can be sustainable. It can, it can, you can do it effortlessly. You can love what you do on a day-to-day -day yeah. basis. And that within itself um, will make the difference with what, whether you're successful or not because yeah. you know, you're doing what you like and you feel, you feel fulfilled. You have to mm. feel like you have a purpose. You feel like you're, you know, imagine being, imagine getting paid and making a living for something that 
you would have you would be doing anyway i know that yeah that's how i feel about it too but with that technology i actually was in the kind of oh that's a rip-off thing in my head i would it wasn't like communicating it but i think what's happening is that's coming from the side of that's coming from one side of the technology but you are seeing things like laser to screen imaging on screens now and there's technology trying to get away from manual coating because there's auto coaters Um, there's like printing with wax on the screens there is a demand for making like screen screen making more efficient and up with technology so like I don't think it's there yet the Gokko Pro because of like tension issues of registration and just like screen breakdown perhaps it might not last as long as emulsion but there's something there i feel like it just needs just a little like maybe a couple more years or something but i think think you're right as well so yeah yeah. Hmm. i think you're absolutely right because there are some definite things using this technology that i'm like okay well can can you guys do this or it seems like they just made it and they just okay have fun like they're not (laughs) this company right here is not like continuing to advance the technology. They're like, okay, this is it. Have fun, figure it out. You know? So I believe it's partially the company's fault because a lot of these different um, companies, like you mentioned that have the, you know, the laser screen making, they're constantly improving on their technology and figuring Mm. out the software so it can, so, you know, the, so that, you know, the, the user interface and and the, the end user can have a easier experience. Whereas though, these guys, they might um, they might need somebody else to to pick up from where they left off. But uh, yeah. I mean, it works. It works. And I I know um, I have a screen printer friend who's what machine? One of his machines is down right now, which forced him to use his Goku Pro, and he's not having any issues. Initially, when he started using it, he had he said the same thing you said, like, how many prints can I do before the screen starts to break down? And mm. that is an issue, like, because I. Even right now, with my little like fifty shirts that I'm doing, I'm like, okay, this is this screen acting weird, but I I can't I can't be a good judge of that because I'm just getting started. Yeah. You know, I'm using old inks that were handed down to me, but you know, I've yeah, you don't know, yeah, what variable right, might be letting right, you down exactly. So I can't like mm-hmm. I'm not a good person to answer that question. So like, yeah, yeah, I'm having well, a good time with it. Yeah, I actually had a different application for it at the weekend. So this one girl, she uses it for ceramics. And she gets, she makes the whole screen, then chops them up into little ones. And then she just puts them on the bottom of all her like mugs and bowls and things. And I thought that's genius. Because wow. yeah, you don't want to have to learn the entire art of screen printing. She just wants to get straight down to a stencil. And she's yeah. just thinking of it like I mean, that. I, I think that, I, I you know, I, I think there's still value. There's a great deal of value in learning the entire process, but. I guess I just don't want to do it because I don't want to have to have a dedicated dark room and a dedicated washout booth. And those are things that require a large amount of space. But I think people should definitely still embrace the traditional way, because mm-hmm. if they don't, then eventually, I mean, it's not going to be lost because there's so many screen printers out there, but eventually it could start to fade away and, you know, forgotten. And as, as these new technologies emerge and with every industry, knowing the basics can take you so so much farther because like when technology fails all we have is okay how do we do this manually that's all we mm-hmm. have because technology mm-hmm. does fail these machines do break right your computer will will crash you will get a virus uh you will drop it off the side of your goku pro right <laughs> so uh all types of variables can happen like recently yesterday i i was using my um my DTG with no problem, I downloaded a new program that I want to try out and my DTG software is not talking to my DTG. So literally mm-hmm. when we get off this call, I have to figure that out because I have a job to do yeah. with uh, 50 shirts that I have to do today and I can't, my, my computer's not communicating with us. So technologies will fail. So there's a whole lot of value, not only, not only um, from the perspective where, you know, you want to know where it came from, but from the troubleshooting perspective, if you know, because all these new technologies 
kind of work based off of the old technology. So knowing how to do it traditionally can help mm. you troubleshoot when you have um, issues with this technology because you understand the nuances of how this technology is, was, was actually constructed and formulated, you know? So Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, there's even people like mixing vinyl with their screens and making the stencils there. Or But you've got yeah. so much kit now. You must be able to, if someone gives you a T-shirt design, you're like, right, I can do this in 10 different ways now. I could embroider, yeah, yeah, that's, I could make a really cool embroidery or like, how are you making I, those choices on budget or? I love having different equipments, just like you said, because when somebody like, when somebody has an idea, a customer comes to you with an idea, they know that they want a good shirt, right? They might request screen printing because that that might, or or, or, the, or I like to say vinyl get a, gets a bad rap, right? Vinyl gets a bad, they, I don't want that stick on stuff. I don't want that, I don't want yeah. the stuff that's going to peel up, right? But they don't really know what they want, right? So you can kind of like figure out what's the best method you could use to make this garment, to decorate this garment for them that's going to give them the best quality. And even sometimes when people like say the vinyl thing I say well hold up for a second you know you're not thinking about the fact that you know if that does start to come up you can put a piece of cloth on it regular iron good as new you know what I mean that so um but I like the idea of knowing all these different technologies for that reason because you can give them something that they weren't expecting I'm mm -hmm. waiting for somebody to come out I was thinking the other day with a platen that I can take off of my DTG printer keep the same registration and put onto the screen print machine and, and keep the, that would be awesome. Right. There's an idea for somebody watching this, somebody listening, <laughs> you guys got to come out with that, a platen that you can take off of your interchangeable platen without losing registration, screen printing to DTG or DTG to screen printing. That would be amazing. Right. Yeah. Combine the two technologies, but you know, but they have, I've, I go to these conventions and I've seen screen printing equipment that can create DTG quality prints. So it's like, you know, it's, maybe you don't need that. Yeah. No, but maybe so. you do. Who knows? Maybe you want to put right. like a high build of print, screen print on it or something. There, there's a company that just makes platens for DTG. I think they're called like key print. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Shout out to that guy. He's a great guy. Yeah, yeah. He's he's probably the guy and he's just heard that. And now he's just like going back. He into probably his... has that idea, right? He's probably yeah. trying to figure out how to do it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but like um, with all the different applications, what I found difficult when I offered more than just screen print and embroidery was like pricing, because how do you do that? Because you're saying you never want to turn down a customer. Does that mean you don't have minimum orders or how do you figure out the price of a shirt? And like, what do you base it on? <laughs> so I, um, I like to, uh, so first of all, what I like to tell everybody is, because um, traditionally, like, normally a person starting off, first of all, let me say that I, I, the small customer is the customer base that I try to cater yeah. to. Because a small customer is often the customer that can't get anything made because everybody wants to do large quantity, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, well, let me do the opposite. Let me just like get all these small orders. Yeah, yeah. One, because small money equals big money. And two, because there's a large group of people that need stuff done that nobody's catering to, right? Or yeah. not a lot of people are catering to. And a third reason, here's another reason, is because maybe I don't want those large orders because I can get done a small order faster and just sit down and breathe. I enjoy time to myself, right? But um. I like to tell everybody, like, because a lot of oftentimes I hear people when they're doing pricing, they they factoring the cost of this, the cost of that, the cost of this, the labor, the thread and all this other stuff or, or the, the inks. But oftentimes people forget to price in their most valuable asset, which is their time. And I feel like if you start with your time first and work your way down, you can never go wrong with pricing. How much time is it going to take me to do this, right? How many, you know, and divide that by how many hours you want to pay yourself. And that's kind of like how I build my structure for timing. And if it, if it, you know, your time is your most valuable asset, then you should, and, and you know that you can produce a quality garment for a customer, you should not be ashamed to charge them for your time because again that's your most valuable yeah. asset that's what we all have in common and it's actually a disservice to the whole industry if people are not charging appropriately for their time because your time is the one thing that really matters if you go work a regular job you get paid 
for your time per hour, right? Or if you're on salary, you're, you still have to be there a certain amount of time, uh, you know, a, a, a month or a week, right? So like mm -hmm. you should, I find if you charge for your time first and work your way backwards, I always end up with a with a good fair price. And if the customer is not, not willing to pay that, then maybe, you know, it depends on your situation. If you're just starting off, you might want to work with somebody right to to, yeah. to to get a, a fair price but you ultimately you have to um remain profitable to sustain yourself so you know i say time first charge okay. time and then work your way backwards and then look at your price and compare it to other people and say like does, it, does this make sense okay if if it's the, if it's higher am i capable of producing a product that is quality enough that i can charge higher you know so many different yeah. variables but yeah. do people ever like push back on that or do they just trust you because they've watched so much of your content or how are they yeah. finding you? Yeah, that that's that. And that's another variable too, because I am a, a YouTuber and I have a fairly uh, a nice, uh, nice audience. People tend not to push back that much, but that's the value of social media. Right. And if you're mm -hmm. a garment decorator or whatever you're doing, whatever your industry is, it really pays to put yourself out there and what you do out there, because if you're the individual that's known to do that thing and you're the professional in that specific business, then people don't mind paying for your services because you're that guy that they saw or you're that that woman that they saw doing the thing and they like mm. your stuff so they want their stuff produced by you so they don't mind paying that premium to say yeah you know a dub did this you know yeah, yeah, what, yeah. what? That's a <laughs> conversation piece you know so yeah but it's also you you haven't just done the doing it for other people you kind of carried on the merchandise through this so a dub is its own kind of brand in itself so you're yeah. like your own brand again so where's yeah. the end like so you've got merchandise and like you talk to us about the the merchandise side and how people get that and who's buying that type of thing so my audience is buying my merch my family's buying my merch my friends are buying my merch people who don't want my merch is buying my merch because as people come to my <laughs> production studio and they see stuff they go shopping like everybody walks in here goes shopping people online i throw stuff on facebook everybody's like buying like crazy even customers that i'm doing uh custom work for they'll come to pick up their orders and they'll they'll pick something up so it's like you know the possibilities are endless when you're doing this and it's like a lot of your a lot of the opportunity will come from ideas that you didn't necessarily have and that's what happened with me like okay i have my brand um, Black Bear. I also have A Dub and A Dub Productions. I sell A Dub merch. But um, a lot of these other things that happened, like customers requested, and I said, and, and I, I created a spinoff idea of it, you know, and or or my YouTube audience might ask me, hey, why don't you do this? And I'm like, oh, why don't I do that? And then yeah, I yeah. start doing it. But now I like to tell people that my gift and my curse is the ability to come up come up with ideas so often that's why when i do my content on youtube i'm always giving people ideas of um you know to, to of ways they can create uh, revenue for themselves um because i i come up with ideas all day and mm -hmm. i'm only one person and just like everybody else my time is limited i know i'm not going to do everything that i come up with every every idea that i come up with so i i, I give my audience ideas and oftentimes what I find, unfortunately, is that like people are satisfied with knowing the process and not everybody's going to actually put in the work. Right. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Mm -hmm. so it's like I think sometimes in many different industries, we get uh, infatuated with the with with the thought that um, somebody's going to steal my idea <laughs> when in fact that um, your idea is just a thought. Right. It, yeah. it takes no effort to have a thought. But if somebody actually puts in the work and makes your idea actual tangible thing, that's that's actually the beauty. And that's actually the difficult part of it to 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 take that thought and 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 put in the work to make it an actual thing that somebody appreciates and somebody can hold and touch and and interact with. And and to see that thing and to have that thing, that's the actual mm. work. So when people say like, you know, Hey, I don't want to tell anybody because they're going to steal my idea. Well, how long have you had this idea? Have you yeah. even tried? Have you even tried this idea? And that goes into like, I want people to think now that goes into customers too. You have customers or potential customers or even 
potential collaborators or potential whatever they are, right? They come to you and they say, hey, man, um, I want to collaborate with you. I got this idea. Wait, stop right there. <laughs> How much work have you put into the idea? Because yeah, I have a bunch of stuff. <laughs> right. I have a bunch of stuff that I want to do with my time for myself that you know, a bunch of ideas that I have that I'm actually working towards. But you have an idea and you want to pitch it to me. But do you really <laughs> want to pitch it to me because you're going we're going to do this together or do you want me to do the work? And nine out of ten, it's because they want you to do the work and they want the credit for it or half mm. the credit for it or something like that. So you got to be very, very careful in all these different industries on how you're spending your time, and what you choose to get involved with. So it's, it's, it's a whole bunch of things I learned along the yeah. years and I'm still learning. So, <laughs> yeah, but the, it, the, it sounds harsh, but like, if people are saying, Oh, why don't you do this on your YouTube comments? You're like, why do you do that? Because you could make it, you can make a business around any idea. You could have like, right. okay, my businesses it could be about, I don't know, bees on jumpers, and you can make a hundred thousand dollars business right. about that you or can anything. Make it, you can make money yeah. from anything. It's yeah. crazy these days, right? I know. So, like going back to like garment decoration and the thing that you've really that you couldn't live without in your studio because it's quite diverse. Like, do you think embroidery is is your main pull, or what? What do you reckon's made you the most money in terms of revenue? Embroidery hands over fist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Embroidery mm -hmm. hand over fist, right? So I know screen printers, for example, they can say like, um, if you have a, a large screen printer, screen printing house with a big automatic machine, right? You could probably pump out a lot of volume, move a lot of volume, make a lot of shirts. Mm -hmm. But with embroidery, the profit is like, to me, it seems like ridiculous. I made this profit calculator and it's like the more heads you have, if you get like a large order, you can, it's just, it's just, a, it's like having more heads on your screen printing machine, right? The more heads you have with embroidery, you can fulfill these orders so fast and the profit margin for embroidery, because it's like a premium garment decorating method. Mm. Um, you can charge more because people, I mean, look at this, like, it's not, it's not flat. <laughs> it has some, it has some, it's, it's part of the garment now, right? It's not yeah, coming yeah. off, right? Mm. You can't wash this. You can't you can trust it. You know right? what I mean? It's, it's like, it's on there. It's in there. It's part of the garment now. I embroidered it on. So I think everybody throughout their life, even, even when I was younger, I looked at, I would go into stores and look at embroidery and be like, oh, okay, that's, that's expensive. That's got to be expensive. You yeah. know what I mean? So yeah. that, I think everybody's had that thought before, because when you see a nice embroidered thing, you're like, okay, that's, I know I'm going to pay some money for that. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, so it depends, it demands that premium, but when you have so many heads, your, your time, you're saving so much time, just like screen printing, right? You have more heads, you're saving so mm -hmm. much time and you can make so much money to the point where the cost of the machines seems so minute. So, um, and I, I actually like the whole embroidery process with having a thought and creating a design and digitizing it. And I just find it fascinating because there's so many different things you can do within the software to tell the machine to stitch out different types of stitches, different ways and blend the different threads and different colors and stuff like that. So mm. I just think it's so cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. So do, yes. do, would you recommend people like to do their own digitizing or do you, because basically I've never done my own digitizing. I always send it out yeah. and I'm always like, is that good? I'm not sure. So right. I really, that is, is a subject that I want to like explore a bit more, but do you feel like having that control in house is really important? I think that it's a good idea to have a understanding of digitizing. I think it's a good idea to have digitizing software. If you have an embroidery machine and it's your business, mm -hmm. you should definitely have a software and you should definitely know how that software functions and some principles, some basic principles of it, because so, like, and after you have that understanding, then outsource, unless you plan on digitizing for a living or having that mm -hmm. being part of your business, because, um, if you get a design from your digitizer and you ha might have a deadline, you know, and you embroider it out and something needs to be adjusted, right? Then you got to email somebody or you got to call somebody and then you got to say, hey, I need this done ASAP. And then they're on to the next job. And then you're like you're biting your nails like, <laughs> OK, I hope he sends this back now or today or, you know, a couple of days from now. So it's it's really handy to be able to throw that native file in the embroidery software, make it bigger or take some uh, take some uh, density out of this specific part 
of the design. It's, it's really handy to know the basic functionalities. And, mm -hmm. um, and it's also like, if you know how to digitize, you can know if your digitizer is giving you a good file, is, mm -hmm. you know, and you can know how you want it stitched out. You can say, hey, man, like, this design is six colors and you got six colors of thread piled on top of each other. Like, come on, put some holes in there. So everything's not on top of each other. It's crazy. So yeah. So you're not using up so much thread and mm. you know, the more thread your design takes, the longer it's going to take to stitch out. So, you know, you might want to reduce some of the, the thread count. So it's a bunch of different little tips and tricks in knowing it's very valuable to know every aspect of, um, of mm. your industry, whatever it is. Um, mm. Even if you don't choose to, in, engulf your your day-to-day -day, you know uh responsible duties on that specific thing it's it's really valuable to know it just like it's yeah. valuable like in screen printing to know the traditional way you know but oh, no. Oh, no. i tried I just, it i, I, I don't tried value it enough accidentally <laughs> you know yeah <laughs> so i tried i tried to burn the screen and like that's why i said look screen printers are to be respected at all times <laughs> so much goes into it including reclaiming screens that's a whole nother process where you're not even making money you're just reclaiming a screen just so you can use it again that's so much involvement and it's so much time that goes into it and i keep on saying time notice i'm saying time between everything because time mm. is one variable got to charge for that right so yeah yeah i do i do kind of agree with you though because if if i was in your situation and my most valuable asset is time you can't really argue with the fact that if being you were in a race with a blank screen and a design file you could technically get it on the shirt quicker if that yeah, was I, if that was the thing you're trying to do but yeah I, don't yeah, know. I, I did a live video with Rob Beach shout out to Rob Beach um and he's a he traditionally screen prints and he has a a, a fairly fast um uh a screen yeah method exposure, his yeah, his yeah. exposure unit right his mm. screen was burnt his screen was um coded already right so already i think that's even because my yeah, screen yeah. tech is coded already so um yeah he we we did a race and it was lights out it was like <laughs> night and day but i he also cut corners but it's okay it was still night and day um yeah, yeah so we did a live and actually i did a live burn my screen and he, I, I raced him while he was pre-uploaded video, and <laughs> of course I won. But like you know, yeah, you know, people are gonna come in and argue, <laughs> argue, well, argue. It's it's good that it's controversial because we want we want some some of it. We want some of the ideas in our industry as well, like in the, like, I don't know, the more traditional screen print world. But like you've done um comparison videos recently about dtf versus dtg because that's a huge topic at the moment yeah. what were your findings on the video because you oh both. so my findings were that um dtg and the hand feel like i remember it, it's so it's so weird that we're having this discussion because just a few years ago dtg was like ah get out of yeah. here oh, dtg and now we're like is DTF good enough? But yeah, <laughs> so DTG um, still to me beats DTF because of the feel. You know, everybody always talks about the feel of the garment, right? Um, and when I with when I use my DTG printer, um, it just has a better feel. It just has a more softer, more ingrained in the material type of feel, right? Mm -hmm. um, whereas though DTF, um, my DTF machine, it doesn't white have that feel it's kind of like it's kind of like a hybrid between white toner and uh and dtg it's like a hybrid in between dtf the, the feel of it but um even the big houses that has have the big expensive dtf equipment there's still a feel on there that's not as good as dtg yeah. It mm. doesn't feel as good, like a, a super color, a TKO, a transfer express. They mm. still have a feel on it with their DTF transfers, right? And these, I even had arguments uh, with uh, with um, people on my channel saying that, uh, you know, my <laughs> DTF machine in the house prints just as good as super color. Yeah. I'm like, that's mm. what you think, bro. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, it doesn't. Like, you know, these people have hundreds of thousands of dollars invested in equipment. Your little sixteen thousand dollar printer is not white. I know. Right, it's not doing that, sir. I'm sorry, but mm. 
I've seen the equipment there and yeah, we can't do that, sir. Like, but you know, it's, it's okay. It's good conversation to have because, and some of these print big print houses will tell you that their methods that they're using, but um, it's good. It's, it's good friendly back and forth and it pushes the industry forward. It educates people, you know, and it gets people thinking about all these different methods. And that's why that's why I like, I love making videos where I get, get people to really think about stuff because online, right. People will say anything. Mm. And like, it's so easy to believe somebody because you're saying it. So it must be true, right. You must be this, or you must be that. And at home, people watch videos and they say, well, so-and-so said so-and-so. So that's what it is. So I get people to like really think about things because I'm a, I'm a logical thinker. And I try to explain things in ways that try kind of like make sense to people so they can think for themselves. I'm like, well, if this is this, I can't give you an example off the top of my head, but yeah, yeah. like I like to really get people to think before that rather than just taking information for face value, mm. you know, because that's what that's what people do oftentimes online. Yeah, because you might be in the first experience of any garment decoration and then you might have just said something like DTG is the best, like just like one little line. And then they've got that in their mind impregnated as like everything else has to contend with it or something. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So leaning on from that, because you're definitely going to have one. What is your like um, unpopular opinion about the whole garment decoration industry? Unpopular opinion. Hmm. (laughs) Well, Oh, what is my unpopular opinion? I don't think that it's some people think that it's oversaturated. I don't think it's as oversaturated as people believe. I think that people, a lot of people that are getting into the industry think that they're just going to get in and make a ton of money. And I don't think they realize how much work and effort goes into um, goes into actually turning profit and 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 making a living full time off of mm. it. Um, I don't think that people understand that. That's why you see so much used equipment online, right? Yeah. So, yeah. But um, an unpopular opinion. I I don't I don't know. Um, oh, can, here we go. I, gotta, I knew I knew it was coming. Oh, oh, so funny. Oh, uh, specific to the Recoma machines. Um. It's been a really big battle, um, uphill battle for me because, uh, you know, my machines work fine. But um, I, when I got into multi-needle embroidery machines, I researched and I decided to go with Recoma machines and Recoma had a really bad rep online. Mm. And I think they still have get a, a, a bad rep online, but the machines, the machines, in my opinion, they, they, they work, they work fine. Um, they're great machines. And um, it's all about, you know, you learning how to use your machine. And I, I, I could, the best way I can make this analogy, Recoma machines are like the traditional way of screen printing, right? So if you can dial in the settings and get it to work right, then you're fine, right? So you got knobs, right? Whereas though the new technology with the newest machines might have auto tensioners. So mm. if something goes wrong, you don't know how to set your tension, right? So um, that's the best analogy I can make. But I have ran some more expensive machines that are supposed to be creme de la creme and they don't run any better than my machines. That's <laughs> what I found personally. I'm not going to name any names or anything because I'm not here to company bash because I believe all machines are great. What matters is that you get in there, get what you need to get and make some money, right? And to, so you can, you know, you and your family you can live better lives. That's what I believe. But it's in, all the stuff in between is fun too. It's it's fun, you know, and yeah. it's, it's conversation starting and it like pushes the industry forward because it makes these companies like, okay, we need to listen to these people because this is what they're talking about, mm-hmm. right? So they do need some big help though, because I looked at all the different embroidery machines as well, like you did. And but I just saw Rakoma, and in the UK it was like, well, someone had gone round and just bad mouthed them on every single platform and every review, and every comment. And I was like, I don't think I can even touch this because it's 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 mean. So right, so right, that right. it did put me off. And if you're on the edge, if you're like in between the two, it's going to push you over the edge. So they need to That's do some true. kind of like. That's true tidying up online i think yeah um, yeah i think they're, they're they're getting there but i i i i found out 
using my logical thinking method what the problem was. Right. One of the problems was. Yes, please. This, this is what the problem was, right? So I think we can all agree that, okay, so as far as a, pers- uh, a all embroidered machine perspective, Racoma probably falls right in the middle. Not the worst, not the best, right? That's what people, or, or maybe leaning towards bad, but not the worst, right? Yeah. So they are lower but end they're not. They're pricing themselves in that lower end machine. So they're not trying right. to be a Baradin, are they? But yeah. You just said it. You just said it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Racoma, as far as I know, I might be wrong, but Racoma is the first embroidery machine company that started uh, making the machines easily accessible to people that ordinarily wouldn't be able to afford the machines. Mm. They offered 0% financing, right? So other than before Racoma, I don't think any other company was doing that. Now everybody else is following suit, right? Mm. But when they did that, people started getting these machines that didn't need to have these machines. So you had a large group of people that had Racoma machines because that's what they can get because they had 0% financing. The machine was affordable. Every every other machine, you got to pay 16,000, 17,000, 18,000. Racoma, 0% financing for 10, 15 years. So I I, I sat down. I thought, how did did they get in this spot? Oh, (laughs) that's why. Same reason why I bought one. One of the reasons why I bought one, 0% financing, right? So I'm like, that's what happened. That's why these machines are all over the place. And that's why people are talking trash because you have a, because I went online, I saw, okay, you got in the same group, you have people bashing the machines, but then you have a bunch of people embroidering beautiful things, loving their machines. So I'm like, what's what's the variable here? Mm. The variable is the person. Mm. So if a group of people are getting it to work and they love it and a group, the variable is the person. Yeah. If you go in other embroidery groups, all different companies, everybody complains about the same issues. But the variable is more people have Racoma machines because mm-hmm. Racoma is the first company that came out with zero percent financing. Yeah, that's what nice. I. That's what that I think. Could be. It could be. Yeah. Um. I've seen in. Do you know how you just joined the Facebook group of the machine that you've got? I've seen in there. There's the real veterans, and they're like, "Oh, if someone comes in, they're like, I hate Malco. Malco sucks, or something." Just what I've got. Right. Then they, then the like old veteran would be like, "Have you seen how many people are in this Facebook group? There's like thirteen thousand people. How many? That's right. thirteen thousand machines. Six, they're all exactly. running flat, fine. All running fine, exactly. Yeah. So hmm. you know, interesting stuff. Interesting stuff. That's why I like to get people to think like, "Hey, it's 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 a tough thing." in life to come to grips with the fact that maybe you might be doing something wrong. Like, yeah. like oh, it can't be me. It's gotta yeah. be this machine. It yeah. can't be me. I, I, did, I read the instructions. I took the training class. I turned a knob the same way the guy said, turn it. I did this. I did. It can't be me, right? Mm. So yeah, it's most of the time it's user error. Yeah, no. <laughs> with all I'm, these technologies. Yeah, and all the way down to like inks to a certain extent. There's like hobby ink which is shit sorry and then it goes into professional ink and then anywhere you go in there you should be able to figure it out right right and See, you, just by troubleshooting and somebody it. starting off wouldn't know that mm. right somebody starting off wouldn't know that but i find oftentimes that years later if people stick to it or even months later if they stick to it they slowly backpedal and convert into like you know, posting their jobs. I'm like, oh, you're doing that on that same recording machine? And <laughs> yeah, okay, <yeah>. okay. <laughs> Interesting, right? So sometimes, you know, we put we put the pedal before the horse. How do you say that? Put the, the horse uh, before the horse no, before the cart before the, the, cart before the horse. Before, right, <laughs> one of those things, right? So yeah, oftentimes people do that. And, you know, it's it's okay. It's part of the learning experience. Um, we all go through it. You know, um, I kind of had an easier route because I I purchased single needle machines and I kind of like had a concept of tension um, and I had a concept of what thread is supposed to do and I knew how to digitize already. So I kind of had an easier route than a lot of people. But if you just dive into the multi-needle embroidery world, um, I don't care what machine you're going to have, you, you, what machine you get, you're going to have issues, right? Even, but um, even Melco, shout out to Melco because they have the automatic tensioning. It's, I think another machine probably has that too, but 
Um, the reason why I didn't go with Malco is because um, their their machine needs to have a computer connected to it to operate. Mm. But guess what? There are tons of people with Melcos embroidering beautiful things. So you can make money with Melcos. You can make money with all these machines, right? Yeah. So this isn't about a machine thing. It's just, I forgot how we, oh yeah, you asked me my my unpopular opinion. That's how we segued into that. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. yeah. Um, so like, as so say if you're like trying to figure out your week, you've got so much, so many different revenue streams and avenues and things going on with like teaching other people I know that you're doing the YouTube videos and you're kind of like documenting your whole life. So is that like a habit that you've just built in, like document everything? Because that might be a mantra. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I I I love having different revenue streams just in case one thing crash and burns. I'm not high and dry, right? Yeah, yeah. But also I think there's so much value in somebody in people seeing other people just like themselves go from here to there or whatever you might you know it's like I even documented when I you know got this got disqualified from my my job after 20 years for being colorblind and stuff like that I documented so much of everything from when I first bought my cameo even before I bought my cameo and I was making music videos it's all there for everybody to see hmm. up to the point where I am now and I'm still going trying to figure out other aspects of business in general so I think that's important for people to see because it gives a lot of people that might be in certain situations a sense of, yo, look at, oh my God, let me go back. Oh, wow. I'll, he's in his living room. He's in his uh, kitchen, just like I was, I'm in my kitchen. Like, okay. And now he's, oh my gosh, 10 years, five years later. Like, okay. So they can see and they can not only get a feel and really believe that they can do it and they can mm. better themselves or do whatever, whatever it is they set, set themselves out to, to do, but, you know, it, um, you can see the actual steps that I took to get there and yeah. all the different equipments that I got, why I got it and how I got it and how things grew. I, I, I love it. I love it. Yeah. I love doing it because I love to help people feel encouraged. Yeah. 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 I accidentally asked you the wrong question, but I was just trying to figure out like how much of your time you spend on like doing customer orders or, do you like take an hour at the end of the day to like make the YouTube video that you wanted to make or how do you split okay. up that type of thing? That's tough. That's tough. So, so prior to starting to do custom orders, like I, I I'm so fortunate and I thank God for it because um a lot of the things that I do right now is kind of like by accident. So I was, I was making the videos just to show people how to do stuff, right, with with the Cameo. And then I got the single needle showing people how to use that. So I was infatuated with, with YouTube and helping people and showing people how to, you know, that was my strength. And that's what I wanted to stay doing. But when I got the multi-needles, um, when I got my first multi-needle, I started getting requests to make stuff. And I turned down so many people for for you know it's potential income right and mm. i like i like diversity right i turned down so many jobs and i felt like a hypocrite in a way because it's like i'm showing you how to do this stuff so you can make money but i'm not making that money part, off it. that side of the yeah. money right so i got mm. all this equipment but i'm not actually putting it to use and there's a bunch of people out here who would die to have this equipment so that they can like make a living with it. Right. Hmm. So I'm like, you know what? I think it was last year. I like, I said, you know what? I'm going to start taking some clients on. I'm going to start, I'm going to start actually doing this and learn this side. So, and then I'm, I'm thinking, okay, well, I could teach this side while I'm, while I'm doing it. So um, now I'm trying to like figure out the automation part. How do I create a business that's self-sufficient that, you know, and hire people and trying to figure out that part of it. So I can yeah, teach that start, part of it. You have started to get like a, a bit more of a regular team in, haven't you? Like you've got yeah. what what's your what's the lady who comes in called again? Raquel. Her name Raquel. is Raquel. Yeah. And I have Loveland that's supposed to um supposed to start soon. Oh cool. Uh, you know, those people might change, you know, what we we don't know what might happen, right? But uh <laughs> but 
yeah, I'm starting to figure out that part and like, um, and, and it's exciting. It's exciting because the journey continues. Right. And, and I'm documenting it and people need to see that because they need to know that that's a, that's a part of the industry that you could possibly aim to go towards. Mm. Some people might not want to, you know, create a full fledged business. They just might want to supplement their income with garment decorating, or they might want the full fledged business but they might want a, a, a business that they own and operate themselves, or you might want to get employees to, you know, to operate it for you eventually. So you can step away, you know? So there's so many different routes that you can take. You might want to digitize. You might want to, you might just want to create vector files for people. You might want to um, just be a company that uh, burns screens or, you know, there's so many different avenues and so many different mm. areas that you can narrow your business down where but the the main thing that I want people to 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 kind of like kind of consider consider doing something that you you really um enjoy doing because like I said at the beginning of our conversation um during this whole journey um if you if you don't enjoy doing something if you're doing something for the wrong reasons you're not going to it's not you might you might obtain some some level of success but ultimately it's not, it's not going to be sustainable for you because you don't mm. enjoy it. You're just, you're just creating another job for yourself. If you left, yeah. if you left your job to be an entrepreneur, to be a full-time garment decorator, um, then you left your job because you, like me, you didn't like, or you got tired of having a job, having somewhere mm. where you, somewhere you had to be. And somebody told you, you got to do this, you got to do this. So don't, don't leave your job to create another job another for job. yourself. Mm. So start concentrating on what do I love to do about what, what, what do I want to focus on? What do I enjoy doing? What would I be doing even if I wasn't getting paid and try to make that, try to pursue that with a passion and don't even look at the money. Just, just, just do it, just do it and figure out the financial part Mm. as it, as you progress in that specific business. That's what I did. And it worked out for me and you know, everything, there's no one path to success because, so, you know, I don't really, it's kind of surreal. I don't really, I guess I am successful, I guess. I don't know. What, what is success, right? Success <laughs> is relative. I don't know. Like some people might think success is a certain amount of monetary gain. Um, some but people the, might think. Yeah, there was this really cool thing that you said, actually, in one of your videos. It was about like, you're basically telling your audience guys can we stop looking at ourselves as like side hustlers and like hobbyists not not hobbyists because I do get that some people just enjoy garment decoration but you're you're basically in your message you were kind of saying like take yourself seriously be a business person and you there isn't a certain scale that you have to be you just have to have the mindset of a business person and just right right definitely because when I when I started to like really understand what was happening and I started to like take it more seriously your mindset shifts and you start doing things differently right you start doing things in a way that's going to be nothing but beneficial to your the whole way you live right if you and this this is the easiest way I can get people to understand if you treat what you're doing as a side hustle or just something that you're doing on the side you're not going to create an LLC. You're not going to start paying yourself from your company. You're mm-hmm. not going to be able to purchase an item of significance because you no longer have a W-2 to show. But when you start taking things seriously, you start looking at those things and be like, okay, well, I quit my job and I'm doing this and I enjoy doing it, but I just don't take it that seriously. Or like, you know, or I work at my job and I'm doing this thing on the side, but on paper, sorry, on paper, you need to be able to show certain things yes. in order for you to, in order to combine your finances to be mm. able to purchase something of significance, like a house, right? Yeah. Or, or, you know, or a car, right? So, or, or invest, get a loan to invest more into your business. You know, anything of significance, you have to be able to show that you can um, yeah. afford those things. And, you won't be able to, you won't, you won't take those steps until you start taking business seriously. Yeah. Do you think people are scared to call their side hustle? Cause that's kind of like, not I very think serious. they are. 
Yeah, they're like scared yeah. to tell family mes- members like, oh, I'm starting this business because that's got negative connotations of like failure, whereas you can't really fail a side yeah. hustle. Just like a- I've, exactly right. You, you, there's mm. not, you don't put that much, you don't put that much um, pressure on yourself because oh, it's just a side hustle. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And also like, it's kind of like, so imagine, imagine somebody who has, you know, a great job with benefits and says, hey, hey, mom, hey, dad, I'm going to quit my job and become a YouTuber. Yeah. Like, what? Like, what? Hey, mom, hey, dad, I'm going to, I'm going to, um, I think I'm going to take this vinyl and this heat press. And I think I'm going to try to <laughs> do this like what like you know what I mean? like the way i'm explaining it, i'm dumbing it down but, so, so you but get surely the, you get surely this is what you did when you were younger because you went into music <laughs> and music has the same kind of thing it's like super risky business yeah yeah it's like you're not really scared of that because you've you've already like you know yeah. you just try what you want do it do with what you're totally yeah with the music it was it was i never really told anybody hey i'm gonna do this right i don't <laughs> think i actually yeah, I don't think I ever did that with one thing. I think the one time I had a conversation with my mother, my sister about this plan I had on YouTube, I got exactly the response that I'm that we're talking about right now. Yeah. You better not. Don't do that, you know. <laughs> no, you got a good job. What are you talking about? And I know for a fact this idea would have worked even to this day, right? And I, I've given this idea away on my YouTube channel. I'm not going to say it now because I'm going to pursue it. But um, I don't know why people aren't doing this in every city. It's 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 so crazy. It's so crazy. Um, but I'll I'll tell you guys what it is right now because I might, might not. To. I might you not don't have to, it, Alan. Right? You don't have to. Are you sure? It's a great idea. Great I do want to know, but I also yeah. Go on then. You did okay. say ideas were just. We were saying earlier. Right. That ideas okay. Here's just, here's here's an uh, idea for you guys. Right. Go on. Matter of fact. I, all right, all right, here's an idea for you guys. So sports are huge, right? And everybody watches sports. Okay, let me ask you this question. Did you play a sport in high school or college yeah. or what, what's what? Do you want to guess my sport? Guess my sport. I'm very short and I'm short and stocky. Gymnastics. <laughs> short no, and stocky. Lift, no one can lift me above their head. Adam. No, I was a rugby player. Rugby? <laughs> That's awesome. And hockey goalie. <laughs> Listen, rugby is a tough sport. I know. I was a right hard ass. Yeah. Is it? Isn't? No, okay, so that's soccer. Soccer is the original football. It's like but, American okay, so, football without the without the uh, right the without the padding. Right. You played <laughs> yeah. rugby. Yeah. Right, little hard ass. Yeah. Listen, I watch. I watch rugby. That's a, that's that's tough. I'm impressed. And you're running back and forth. Listen. So, would you, if you had all of your rugby games if there was somewhere where you could go watch your games would you watch you would you go back and watch your, your games yeah i think so that'd be funny right would more. you sit would, would you would you would you you know i'm quite sure you had some moments where you're like yo watch this right yeah but it might not be as impressive on the big screen when i retell it i really like <laughs> my stories yeah, but- sound better Alan. Right. The story. Sorry, yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 I would. I, yeah. If I could so, reimagine a good goal or something. Right. So there's people all around the world that played sports and were great at their sports, or even have friends they played around that were great. Right. Or and 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 they, some people went on to be professional athletes. Some didn't. Some, those were their glory days. Right. So you know, there, and there's there's people that are playing now who who have friends and family that can't come to their games but they want people to see them right mm-hmm. so how about you start a business right on youtube right YouTube, this is youtube specific the idea that i had right i was gonna get a few cameras which i had already and start live streaming public sports in my city mm. and the channel was going to be a hit how do i know the channel was going to be a hit because everybody watches sports the kids would the kids would go watch their game, the coaches would go watch their game, their aunts would watch their game, their uncles would watch their game, their cousins would watch the game, and guess what? Five years from now, the kids still gonna go watch, back and watch their game. Hmm. Yeah, it's I was like actually, a foolproof plan. It's really funny you said that. My brother plays like uh, for his town, and I did not know that they actually recorded the games now. 
bit over over the overhead. Mm-hmm. So they've got like this camera just flying up and down the pitch. And That's he's going to awesome. try and yeah, he's going to try and use it to. He got a red card, so he's going to try and appeal it by using the camera footage. But I'm pretty sure it was a high tackle. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so but yeah, I didn't know that they were even being documented in that way. But yeah, that would be fantastic to have that yeah. as public access. Live stream the games mm-hmm. and the, on the larger scale of things, it's 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 about the kids, right? So it's about getting them seen by people who yeah. would not see them, and it's about okay, where are we going to get the money for next season? Where are we going to get the money for our uniforms? Where are we going to get the money for everything? Mm. Let's let's cut the sport. Where are we going to get the money to? These kids can make their own money. They can generate their yeah. own revenue to 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 buy their own uniforms because they're that talented and people are going to watch them play. So if every city did that, then we wouldn't have to worry about where's the funding going to come from for the next track season or the next football season or the next soccer season or rugby season or any. They wouldn't have mm-hmm. to worry about that because everybody's going to watch it. Yeah. Every and you sport. Can take little clips and put them on social media if anyone ever does anything good. Exactly. Of- that's not really documented, is it? No. At all. Yeah. So there's an idea for you guys. Somebody take it and you know, do it, do with it what you what you what you will. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I've asked you so much stuff, Alan. I'm not sure what else I can ask you. Uh it's okay. <laughs> can you can you tell me what a like what the business name, what the production? So what do you call like when people come into the business? Is it just aid up? So it's Ada Productions. Like this is Ada Production Studios, right? Yeah, right here. So um, it started uh, Ada Productions. My name is Alan Wade. So um, in my neighborhood, uh, people used to call me A W, and I guess that wasn't short enough. So 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 it turned to A Dub, and the name just stuck. That is so uh, lazy. Do they even say A W? Right, it's really funny. Some people oh, just say, hey, like, hey, A-W turned to A-Dub, and it just stuck, and so it's A-Dub Productions. When I was doing my music, that's what I called my production company, and mm-hmm. it was weird because I always knew I wanted to do something, so I, I got my LLC back in, I don't know, t- 2008. 2008 is when A-Dub Productions was formed as a mm-hmm. as a music company, and now it's a garment decorating company, yeah. so. <laughs> what does your accountant think of that? They're like, what are we doing here how are you like getting sewing machines <laughs> my account doesn't care it's 1-800 accountant they don't give a crap they just want their money <laughs> yeah that's really funny okay yeah is there anything else you want to like tell people about like what like how how do your videos like help people now are you still doing like are they really for garment decorators at a certain level are you like trying to level up in terms of complexity and not not quite the newbies or like who you So right now, them? right now, I'm actually struggling with that because right now I, I kind of want to digress. I kind of want to revert back to what I did when I was starting mm. because I don't want the garment decorator or the people that are just starting off to uh to 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 feel like they don't have an uh, uh an outlet or a person to show them how to start off especially with these new technologies coming out so i found myself going back to the beginning with vinyl mm-hmm. cutting and stuff like that because uh, i don't know i i'm more so like to help people and once you help somebody to a certain point like they already have enough momentum to keep growing yeah right so you don't need me anymore okay mm-hmm. maybe for 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 those that might still need a little bit of guidance I'm still going to show this process of how I'm growing, but all um, in the the majority of my videos right now, I want to go back to doing, you know, vinyl cutting and sublimation and um, showing how I do different designs on, on with the basics, because those are the people that really, really need help. Cause those are people that are in situations where they, um, they just need to figure out a way to make a little extra cash to, 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 you know, to live a little bit of a better life yeah so that's what I really want to get back to so I'm trying to like I kind of like got my two two feet in uh here's another saying I got my I don't know how to say it I don't <laughs> I got, know this one I got this is my, like a catchphrase game I got I'm nobody good at catchphrase I don't know whatever but yeah <laughs> I got I got my hands in too many baskets <laughs> I <with> this stuff. <laughs> got too many eggs in my basket <laughs> 
Yeah. That's it, isn't it? We'll go with that. <laughs> yeah, well, gonna, it's going to sound right now and everyone's going to be like, no, it's this, but who cares? Right. Um, yeah, it does sound like you are like one of the most inspiring YouTubers that I've seen because you're very, very authentic to the point where like you've shown everything. So yeah, I, I really yeah, love I your channel. That. Thank you. Um, I'm sad that I found it before, like after I figured out vinyl cutting and those kind of things and how to do right. the embroidery machine. But hey hey. So hopefully someone will find you at the beginning of their journey so they can like really maximize. Yeah. I'm gonna one of the things that I want to do now is I wanna kind of like organize everything and put everything in a in in a way that makes sense. Hello? Yeah. Hey, can you hear me? Okay. Sorry. My computer started doing some pop-ups and taking over. Yeah, I can still hear you. Uh I can still this is okay. weird. Okay. So yeah, uh my uh I, what what is going I'm sorry my computer is <laughs> this technology um what just happened I see myself <laughs> okay there you go okay so yeah my technology I mean um what was I saying <laughs> your plan is to organize everything oh my plan is to organize <laughs> is to organize <laughs> everything in a way that makes sense that people can follow along from beginning mm. to end and I'm and uh, I can make playlists on my youtube channel but the best way that i found that i think is gonna um be mutually beneficial for my audience and myself is to just put it on my website so i'm gonna start like putting stuff in chronological order in, in yeah. a way that can follow along so yeah yeah it's a huge undertaking though because you have got a lot of content but yeah i got over 1400 videos on my channel yeah <laughs> like tires me out just hearing about it but no it's yeah no it's really really cool and it's just, you've got like so much momentum. I'm just interested to see like where you're going to go next, but. It's so yeah. weird. Cause I don't feel mm. like I have that much momentum, but thank you. I really? Oh no. I don't from feel the, like it. From the outside, it's like, you look yeah, super unstoppable and stuff. So it's, yeah. That's awesome. Thank, ah, you. thank you. No problem. Well, I hope, um, <laughs> hope the t-shirt the business goes like your own brand. I hope that like goes like even better than you imagined. Cause that's really fun. And yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> everything's gonna work out. Everything is fine. Everything's gonna go great, um, and it's gonna go great regardless of whatever forces gets in the way. Because yeah. I, you know, I, I diversify, and I just you know, I'm not I'm not trying to be this huge thing. It'd be nice, you know, to you know get to a certain level, but like, I just wanna mm -hmm. ultimately, I just wanna feel like I'm doing something that helps people. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? And everything else falls into line. Like as long as I can pay my bills, I'm fine. Yeah. You know, that's, that's, I'm good. Yeah. So. No, that's so cool. I'm really glad I got to meet you and uh, yeah. Yeah. Appreciate your time. Thank you so much for having me on.